Attention freelancers and solopreneurs. Freelancers and solopreneurs. You are tuning into the Remote CEO, a show that will help you scale your business, become the authority in your market, grow into a better leader, and create your remote empire. And now, your host, acclaimed business coach and entrepreneur, Deniero B. What's going on, CEOs? This is Deniero B, and you are listening to the Saturday interview episode of the Remote CEO Show. I always make sure to have the most interesting guests and ask them practical and actionable questions so that you can take that knowledge and scale your business with it. So if you do enjoy this podcast, I would love for you to leave a review on your podcast app. It only takes a couple of minutes and it will make a big difference. Now, don't forget that we do release the five-minute episodes every single day at around 6 a.m. Eastern time. So subscribe to the show and you will get bite-sized actionable content delivered for free to your device. Also, share this podcast with other fellow entrepreneurs, freelancers, and solopreneurs. You're on the rise, so it only makes sense that you share this journey with like-minded people. And don't forget that the more you talk about these topics with other people, the more you will understand them and make them part of your everyday life. And now, let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? The Nero will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I'm here with Eric Hatch. Eric is the founder of Hatch Coaching in agency that specializes in sales, marketing, and management consulting for the real estate niche and not only. So today we'll be talking about how to scale your business, how to lead effectively, how to create a perfect team environment, and much more. So buckle up and start taking notes if you're not driving. So Eric, how are you doing today? Oh my gosh, I've never been better. It's a, it's a beautiful day to be alive, that's for certain. Awesome, man. Well, listen, thank you again so much for being on the show today, Eric. And what we do generally before we get into the questions, I always uh, like uh, to ask my guests what they were doing before they became entrepreneurs. How did it all started for you and what brought you to the path of business? Uh, Great question. I've always been an entrepreneur, but I had no idea what it was. Like when I went to college, uh, there are a few people majored in business, but that meant you went and worked for somebody else's business. And I had no idea that like I could actually start a business because I grew up poor. You know, I, I, I lived in a crummy trailer and we were one foot in the welfare bucket, like just barely staying afloat. And I didn't know what it was even like to be an entrepreneur, but it was who I was designed to be. And so out of college, uh, I went and I worked for uh, my local church. Uh, my mom had just passed away. So I was orphaned at 21 and uh, loved Jesus. And, and it was just such a great place uh, to embrace me and take me in. And so I went and I did youth ministry for eight years. And I worked at a church that had 4,000 members. I had 4,000 bosses. I had 4,000 people telling me, you can't do that. You can't do that. And if you know anything about youth ministry, like the core of it is like trying to break rules and make messes. And so (laughs) I immediately had to figure out how do I create a business plan? It was, it was a youth minister plan, but how do I create a business plan that 4,000 people will say, I guess too. not, not like a, not like an emphatic, that's a great idea, but like, well, we can't slow this guy down, so we're going to let him do things. So I built, uh, I built some really cool um, different things that happen at church. Like I, don't, I love the church as a concept, but like why do you send people to a place? And like you should be sending people out, not sending people in. And so yes. um, 
I was really active in building a nonprofit. Uh, it was called Homeless and Hungry, and it was uh, a simulation of being homeless. So we had these kids sign up to be uh, literally homeless for 36 hours. They would fast, they would sleep in a cardboard box, they'd um, raise money, and we raised over a million dollars doing that uh, with just a bunch wow. of youth group kids. So like, I was an entrepreneur, uh, I just had no idea what that actually meant or what it was, and it was 2011, uh, my wife and I were battling infertility, uh, and we had used all of our insurance to try to get pregnant, and it didn't work, yeah. and so the only way I could become a father, and the only way that my wife could be a mom is if I funded it. And so that meant I had to get into real estate, which was a, a catapulting move for me. And that was 2011. And now turn around and I have 25 businesses and uh, I've been able to grow my net worth by 4,000% in the last decade. It's been, a, it's been a heck of a ride. Oh my gosh, Eric. Honestly, there's so many follow-up questions already I want to <laughs> ask. So let, let's collect my, I, I need to collect my thoughts one second. First off, the, the, the main thing that really hit me right away was that you're always an entrepreneur deep down, but you, you didn't know it yet. Uh, so I feel like that's the exact situation where a lot of like, youth, they all have this idea of uh, wanting to do several different things in life. And then they'll go through school or through church or through other places. And everybody's telling them, no, that doesn't work. That's not going to happen. Or like, you can't do that. You got to go and work for someone else. So, I mean, like, how did you decide, like, uh, real estate out of all business models? You say, no, I'm going to go through real estate. I'm going to make this work. What, what, uh, what was the, the reasoning behind that? Well, uh, first off, I want to say what you said about youth and kids. Uh, I, I would work with kids any day of the week before adults because yeah. they, are, they are curious uh, they are believers of what you say. If I tell a 50-year-old man or woman, you can go and change the world, they're going to be like, no, you can't. Here's all the reasons why. Yes. And if you tell a 17-year-old kid that they can go and change the world, they're dumb enough to believe you. And I don't mean yes. dumb as an insult. I mean, they haven't been burned by life. And entrepreneurs yes. are just that. Entrepreneurs are a little bit dumb. They are, they are blissfully ignorant. They're naive to what is actually the consequences of big risks and big actions or they have a big enough powered why that they know that they're going to forge forward with that. And for me, yeah. real estate was simply by happenstance. Frankly, I don't care about houses. I care about the people in the houses, but I don't care yes. about houses. In fact, it wasn't until like three years ago that somebody told me that sheetrock and drywall were actually the same thing. I had no idea. <laughs> you know, like you can go, you can go in my toolbox and the only thing you'll find is my checkbook. In fact, it's, yes. it's my son's birthday today. Last night, I put together a Lego table for him for his birthday, and it was the worst hour of my life because <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm not good with that stuff. So real estate was never a passion of mine, but the people of it were. And I had one person say to me, this was uh, years ago, it was my buddy, and he knew the financial plight that I was in. I worked for a place that I had a glass ceiling, and I could only make so much and go so far and he knew that my wife and I needed money and that I was terrible with it in the first place. And yeah. he's like, hey, Hatch, you should sell houses. You're good with people. And that's all it took. One person as a prophet in my life telling me, hey, I could do something that I didn't think I could. I, I, somebody, somebody breathed belief into me. And yes. in fact, that's my passion now more than anything else to try to believe belief into people that they to breathe belief into people that they can do more than they they uh understand that they're more capable than where they're currently performing and that there is more opportunity out there than where they're currently at 
For sure. So I do want to get back into real estate in a second, but I do want to also talk about Hatch Consulting. So what's your main focus right now with your business, with the, with the consulting business? What, what do you, who do you serve and how do you help them? You bet. So uh, I opened up Hatch Coaching about four and a half years ago now. And it really was on the precipice to redefine how people treat people. As, as a realtor, uh, most, most realtors who are climbing up the ladder doing some, uh, some big market share game, they're getting coached by people. And I was getting coached and people were always coaching me on how I can go and make more money and sell more houses. And those two things never felt fulfilling to me. Uh, making more money and selling more houses was an empty promise. It's like uh, eating more food is going to make you feel more full. And no, that's, that's not it. It's, uh, I, I knew that this industry was craving a different perspective. And so uh, there's two coaches with our Hatch Coaching Company. There's myself. And my purpose is uh, I work on leadership and team development. I work on business yes. strategy and enhancement so that your personal goals can be massively achieved. And if you come to me and say, I want to make a ton of money and that's all you say, I'm not going to be the coach for you. No. See, I, think, I think money is a byproduct of living your passions. And some people yes. get some of it. Some people get a lot of it. But if that's what you're pursuing, it's an empty promise. Now, yes. my other coach, uh, his name is Robbie T. Uh, he uses just the last letter of his last name, just like you do, because it's hard to say and hard to spell. Uh, and uh, Robbie, he is client facing. So he's redefining the client experience and making sure that agents, realtors, and salespeople across every industry stop transactionalizing people and start connecting and building Thank relationships. And, and, and it's not about the sale, it's about the service. And that is where we're coaching. And we now have uh, scaled, uh, I, I coach some of the top real estate companies and teams in the country. Uh, Robbie does the same and we are really on an upward swing right now. That's amazing. Listen, I was watching one of your videos and I think I heard that you guys were uh, one of the top like 40 real estate teams in the US or something. And you uh, were talking about how many now? Uh, no, that's, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, last, last year we sold 635 homes, making us wow. one of the top 50 teams in the country. And we're pacing for 850 to 900 this year. So we are, we are taking what we did last year and we're growing by 30 or 40%. So who knows awesome. where we're going to land in the rankings uh, the rankings are only a way to validate what we feel internally. Uh, and uh, I, I'm not so interested in measuring to say how I match up against everybody else. I just want to be a better me. That's yeah, it. for sure. A hundred percent. And as a matter of fact, in that video, we're actually talking about uh, how you, you had failed at the very first, like to the very first uh, couple of times or one time that you started, that you worked in, in real estate, but then you reinvented uh, yourself in, around leadership. I remember you were focusing on leadership. Can you expand more about leadership? Listen, my, my listeners at home listening to this podcast right now are watching it on YouTube, they're, they're, their primary goal here is to become better leaders because they're probably very good at offering the service that they, that they offer their clients. It's just that they haven't been able to scale yet. So leadership is the foundation of scaling. So can you really dive in a bit deeper in leadership and what it means to, to use it to grow your business? Oh, you just took the words out of my mouth saying that leadership is the foundation of scaling. Uh, yeah. it, it, is, it is the only way you're ever going to get people to come and work with you. Uh, notice I didn't yes. say work for you, but work with you. With you. And therein yes. lies one of the key differences. Here's, here's what happened to me, which will lead to, I think, answering your question. Uh, I, 2011, I went off like a rocket. I sold a ton of homes. And so I immediately started a team. And that team was like 
they, they were my background dancers, right? Like I was up front mm -hmm. and I wanted them to just pick up all my scraps and I figured they'll find their way. Uh, yeah. I didn't care much about their success. I thought I did because I hired them and I invested in them with my money, but I didn't give them my heart and I didn't give them my time. I just yes. expected them to come and, and, and to, to figure it out. And, uh, I had created such a mess. I had grown so fast and I was so stubborn and in my own way that I got kicked out of my brokerage in 2013. And uh, my team was 13 people at the time and I invited everybody to come with me and only two people did. And so wow. where I thought, oh boy, that brokerage was stupid. They're the ones making all the mistakes. My, my team said, Eric, you're a dumpster fire because you aren't <laughs> caring about me. Like yes. you, we, we came to you. When somebody comes to me in my world, they're saying to me, Eric, my greatest chance at the life that I want is with you as my coach. Anybody okay. that comes to me and into my life, whether it's my kids, my wife, I'm not my wife's coach. Please don't ever hear me say that. I, I don't coach <laughs> my wife. But like we, we go uh, in, in people's relationships and we sign up in their lives because we know that they can positively impact and influence us. Yes. And so I learned in 2013 when I got kicked out that if it's all about me, that's an unfulfilling venture. And so I had to become not a student of real estate. I spent two and a half years studying real estate, knowing the numbers, the ins and outs, and how to be great. And I knew people because my background was in ministry and that's a relationship game. Yeah. What I had to figure out was not just how to know people to sell to them and not just how to know the ins and outs of real estate as a business profession. My cap and my glass ceiling was I needed to figure out leadership and who I needed to be for the people in my world. Not who I need them to be, but who who they want to be and how I can be that leader to help them have this totally fulfilling life. And so I've been on a journey. I don't, I don't declare myself an expert by any means, but I am the most passionate student out there when it comes to leadership. I read an abundance of books and listen to a plethora of podcasts. I write religiously and I'm just so ingrained in leadership because it is the one piece that has unlocked everything in my life. It, yeah. it is the thing that has kept retention. Uh, it, it's the thing that has led to the best relationships. It has given me the most challenges. And frankly, our, our world right now is in a weird place. I, I live in the United States. Uh, I know you have a global audience here, but I live in the United States and these are weird times for the US between COVID and Black Lives Matter and uh, all these other pressing things. Like why would anybody ever sign up to be a leader? Why would somebody yeah. sign up to be a police officer or a politician or a leader of a large organization? Because tall trees get struck by lightning all the time. All the time. All the time. This is, this is like, this is the least sexy part of all of it is that you are, people, people only criticize up. They praise down, right? Like the people that are helping you, you praise down and they criticize up. Yeah. And so you have to have a very, thick amount of skin. You have to have a huge clarity on why you're doing what you're doing. And then every last ounce of what you do has to be for your team, for your people, and to give them support. And the best move I would say, because I want this to be a tangible, take action items uh, away from this. I don't want it to be just theory. You have to figure out at the core what is your future? You have to have a clear vision. And that vision, uh, I'd imagine for a lot of your listeners and entrepreneurs are, I want to have a big business and I want to have big opportunity and I don't want to be standing alone. And so that means I need people as a part of it. 
And so as yeah. you reverse engineer that and you bring it back to say, okay, what does this look like? The moment you hire one person, just one, your entire world has to transform. And it has to now be a reconfiguration of priorities. Your clients don't come first. Let's, uh, if you're taking notes, this would be the note taking time is, is to draw yeah. out a pyramid of what's most important for you. And there's going to be four sections on this pyramid. Uh, the base of the pyramid is God, family, and self. Please, please, please do not pursue a business and lose yourself, lose your family, or lose those things that are most important to you because it happens yes. too much. And that means your schedule, your time has to be reflective of those things still being a priority. You can yeah. frankly have your cake and eat it too. You can have a huge life and not lose those things. Yes. But your next priority, the minute one person comes into your organization above God, family, and self is your team. That means they get your best. They don't get your leftovers. That means that you show up and you build a relationship of trust and camaraderie and belief. And then you have exceedingly high expectations for them. I once Googled the word expectations in prepare, uh, preparing for a talk that I was giving. And yeah. it said, uh, quotes, quotes said this, lower your expectations. People will always let you down. Don't set your expectations too high. You'll always be disappointed. Oh my gosh. I was sick. <laughs> That's what's out there for expectations that we have of people is like, uh, just don't, don't have a huge belief in them. But like, I'm a former camp counselor, youth minister. And all I knew was to pour into kids and to tell them like, you are more capable than you think. And then I have to reflect that with my time and my energy and my resources. Yes. After your team on the pyramid comes clients and then your community. And so that's how I think if you are going to figure out how in the world can you be an unbelievable leader for people and how will people flock to you and want to work with you, if you can get your schedule right and your priorities right, everything else is easy peasy. Absolutely. You know what? Uh, you said a lot of great stuff. And again, uh, I have my thoughts are going in all directions now, but there's one thing that you said about uh, really like when you hire someone to care about them and coach them and help them, but also have very high expectations. And I, and I think that sometimes some people have just high expectations without giving the input and really nurturing the relationship with the staff members. And then you know, the staff members are not really bought into the corporate culture and, and how the business is run. And, uh, and then you automatically, you know, feel like cheated somehow. But really, what did you do for them to actually grow as employees? So that's absolutely uh, very, very like uh, life changing. If, if you really implement that at the very beginning, I really like the idea of having your staff before the clients in the community. Listen, you had experience now with several countless companies probably. So what are the two main problems that you, know, you see recurring that are holding businesses back uh, nowadays? Uh, the first one, and it's, it's such a glaring blind spot for some people is inaction. And I know okay. it's not like, uh, there's, there's enough ideas in the world to save and solve everything. And then it's <laughs> met with inaction. And that inaction is usually rooted in fear and doubt, fear and doubt of the consequences and fear and doubt of yourself, because mm -hmm. it means a transformation. And it means uh, being vulnerable and putting yourself out there. Uh, there's an author, her name's Brene Brown. Uh, she also has a Netflix special if you're not a reader. She has awesome YouTube videos. Uh, Brene Brown is uh, the queen of talking about vulnerability. 
and showing weakness and showing and talking about and naming that. Uh, in fact, I did a TED talk a few years ago inspired by Brene Brown uh, because I think that men have a really hard time talking about vulnerability and how we don't have all our poop in a group. We don't have it all figured out. And I yeah. thought, man, that, that needs to be said because it's been so true in my life. And if somebody is an entrepreneur, they have entrepreneurial taste buds and tendencies, we have big dreams and little action next to it. And when I look square in the eye of what I see back in the mirror and I see all my insecurities and imperfections, I can be frozen into inaction. And there again, takes a blissful ignorance and a naivety to be able to take action and to know that, hey, even if this doesn't work out, I'm still gonna be okay. Like unless it's life or death, even if it doesn't work out, you're still gonna be okay. And, and big swings are needed, big guts are needed. So the first thing that stands in the way of an entrepreneur is an action. The second thing that stands in the way of uh, entrepreneurs is the Netflix syndrome. If I were to open up Netflix right now and I'd say I wanna watch something but I don't know specifically what I wanna watch, I see tens of thousands of choices. Yeah. Back in my day, I had four channels uh, and, and then Fox came on, then I had five channels, right? Like I, I had so few options and opportunities, so it was easy to figure out what I wanted to watch. Now with thousands and thousands of titles and opportunities that are out there, I'm usually frozen by an abundance of opportunity. I actually think that people aren't frozen from a limited resource standpoint. They're oftentimes frozen from too many choices. And we try to do something that is a general wide, like I'm going to do four things with this one movement. And it's when you get narrow, narrow. and specific and very, very uh, honed in. Like I know real estate. Again, I don't know about how to build houses, but I know everything else about real estate. And so of my 25 businesses, 24 of them mm -hmm. are related to real estate. I, yes. I figure out one thing to master. And then it, re it just breeds opportunity. It creates other legs to the stool thereafter. And so if somebody is thinking right now, I need to do something, don't try to do everything. Try to do one thing exceedingly one well, thing, and it'll, yes. it'll create opportunity from there. Yes, 100%. Great thing to be said about too many opportunities, like the book Paradox of Choice uh, talks about that, uh, you know, you could go in a store and there's 10 different styles of pants. And even if you pick one, you're leaving the store thinking, well, the other two that I saw, the other four that I saw had this color was a different. At the end of the day, like that's a big problem. Even nowadays with online, because like the majority of the people that I coach and that I consult uh, other, of course, than my digital marketing agency, they, they, they heard online through YouTube uh, ads or Facebook ads about this business model, that business model. So the, their focus is a bit split. And I think, as you said, when you really, uh, only in, on one scale and you get good at it, that's when uh, you grow exponentially, really. Um, listen, I wanted to talk about COVID. You brought it up originally, but that was one of my questions that I wanted to ask you. A lot of things are changing, especially, especially in the real estate market and not only. But uh, how do you see the coaching and the consulting market and like what you're doing right now and helping real estate um, real estate agents changing in the next couple of years? What do you foresee for, for the real estate uh, world? Well, I'll say this is uh, if we do business the way in which we've always done business, we won't have business to do anymore. And, <laughs> and, and, and we find ourselves 
now uh, pressed and forced uh, to progress our business. Some of the biggest flaws I've seen for business people, both realtors and, and people in other categories, is they will say something like, I can't wait until things go back to normal. They um, said that all. <laughs> I, hear that, I hear that all the time from people, is that I want things to go back to the way it was. And, and going back cannot happen, should not happen, and it's irresponsible if that's a part of your mentality. Instead, this is an invitation to progress your business. And so many people have these sacred temples of what they think are so important. And there are things that they're not willing to, uh, to let go of. This is a time more than ever to, un, uh, uh, to, to, to basically dissolve some promises that you made. I don't want to say to unbreak or to break uh, promises. You don't want to break a promise because that's as though you're, you're breaking trust. But instead, to, to redo promises that you made and to say, as an example, in our world uh, of real estate, our team is, is highly functional uh, and, and highly successful. And two years ago and, beyond, uh, and before, if you worked with a buyer, you could only work on the buy side. You, we wouldn't let you work with mm. listings. We only let you work with the buy side and vice versa. And as we've progressed, we've now seen that there's new pressures in our ecosystem and that we've had to change. So now once you've earned that spot and you've shown that you are capable, you can work both sides. And, yes. and, and that small little progression in our world uh, is just a microchasm of what is happening in the real estate world right now. Real estate, as a general consensus, needs to become an industry that is around specialization instead of generalization. Go back to the 1950s. If you had a medical emergency, a doctor carrying a black briefcase would come to your house and whether you had uh, something wrong with your knee or your ears or your eyes, it was the same doctor. Yes. And now we know nobody wants any medical service like that. People want, uh, people want their knee doctor. They want their podiatrist for their feet. They want their optometrist for their eyes. And we say that and it's like, yeah, that makes great sense. But in real estate, it used to be very general. Uh, and in fact, it's still for most people who are solopreneurs in real estate, it's very general, meaning that they are wearing the hat of being the marketing team, the administrative, working with the buy side, the sell side, they're negotiating contracts, they are serving as legal counsel, even though they shouldn't be, you know, they're, they're wearing so many yeah. different hats that clients are getting a mediocre experience. And the pressure that COVID is now bringing is that it is going to demand from people that they get better, that they sharpen their sword, and that they enhance what they're doing. And that means, I think, it's going to mean a, a conglomeration of groups coming together that master in specialization rather than mm -hmm. solo agents standing on their own. Uh, the, the best example I can give is this, is there's 1.5 to 2 million realtors in the United States. Uh, right. That's a lot of people selling homes. And the average realtor sells eight to 10 houses a year. Okay. If you tell me that I have to go to a doctor and he does eight to 10 surgeries a year, oh, hell no. Like I want yeah. nothing to do with that guy. And yet the, our industry has supported that because of relationships. And relationships yes. was, will, and always uh, will continue to trump skill and process. But what happens is those relationships are being demanded now that they come with a higher level of expertise. And if they don't, people will go to a place where they can get their options for specialization. You know, our, our, team, our team is 40 plus people and we are as specialized as the day is long with every single one of your areas and needs that are going to be covered. 
that is going to become more and more the norm for real estate. And so as I coach people, as I advise people, it is a conglomeration of powerhouses rather than people standing alone isolated. Makes sense. Makes sense. And how about uh, the actual like logistics of uh, seeing homes? You see, um, for example, any new technologies or existing technologies like three uh, D, uh, what's it called, the three D uh, virtual tours or something mm -hmm. like that? Would they be uh, widely available now moving forward, or do you think that you still have you know the analog kind of in person going to to homes? You know, pre COVID, uh, it was very very telling that uh, a few of us out there were doing 3D virtual tours and video tours and creating opportunities for people to see uh, the entirety of the house and really be in control of that because the consumer wants control. Um, since COVID hit, a lot of people have had to add a lot of technologies and other things in order to service. And it's been commonplace. I, I even had uh, somebody uh, uh, say to me, I, I do a radio show locally. And so I was on with one of our guests and he said, my nephew just bought a house moving from Seattle, Washington to Denver, Colorado. My nephew just bought a house without ever seeing it in person. And this gentleman that's saying it is 60 years old. And he said, I can't believe somebody would do that. <laughs> How in the world would you put your trust in the house and the realtor? But here's what we know of, of millennials and of Gen, uh, Gen Zers. And I'm 40 years old, so I'm like part Gen Xer, part millennial. I'm right in the middle. Yeah. So I get a chance to see both worlds. If you're going to buy a product and that you've never touched or felt before, you're going to go to where? Amazon, right? Yes. At least as an example, you're going to go to Amazon and you're going to trust the reviews of hundreds of random strangers Interest. to tell you that this is a great product. That's how real estate is functioning now is if you are going to buy a place, I don't think the 60 year old uh, gentleman that uh, was in the radio station with me, I don't think that he's going to buy a place without touching it. But yes. a 23 year old that's used to purchasing things without ever actually seeing it and then dealing with yes. the repercussions that come from it, that's more the norm. And that's now being amplified and heightened because we have to speak to that so much more. And so we're trusting the reviews of a bunch of random people on the internet to tell us if, if this is indeed uh, what it says it is. That makes total sense. And it's scary in a way to I mean like I bought a couple of uh, properties myself and I know that I definitely want to, you know, at least see the property uh, before I really make the last payment. But I could see how uh, this system coupled with an accountability system where if something is actually different, once you actually like buy the property, if something is different from what you were told, if you could reverse the transaction, then at that point, like, you know, on Amazon, if I get a product and it doesn't work it back. at yep. the end of the day, I could send it back. So that's at least in, in like, in my opinion, that's what I, uh, really like that's my reason for buying e-com but I mean this is a very beginning I'm very very curious to see how, how the how the industry will go in the next few years listen Eric I do want to ask you about future projects for your business for the real estate side of things uh, what are you currently working on what's exciting so when COVID hit uh, hard in the United States back in March uh, I lost 40% of my coaching clients in a week uh, because everybody thought that the world was coming crashing down and and real estate uh, was of course it's a it's such a major thing that keeps the economy going and we all thought that real estate was going to be coming to a screeching halt 
and we've been blissfully wrong. I do think we have some very tough days ahead of us. So uh, heed warning those of you that are investors and workers in the real estate world, because I think our hardest days are still ahead of us. Um, but mm -hmm. I, as, as, as I lost 40% of my coaching clients, and I've actually got all that back and then some in the last few months, uh, we took that time and we pivoted a lot of our stuff. And we said, we have to figure out how to scale. Our coaching company mm -hmm. is four people. We have a marketing person, a COO, and then two coaches. And we knew that we wanted to get uh, to become uh, the HR package, the human relations package for everybody that's out there. So when somebody says, I want to build a team, I want to be better at lead conversion, I want to better train and onboard my people, I need to be better at hiring, I need to be better at marketing, whatever it may be, we decided to build video training modules to support all of those things. And so awesome. I sat in front of a camera for hours and hours and hours, <laughs> and I gave my entire playbook away. And so I don't have to take my time to coach one-on-one -on -one in a face-to-face -face or voice-to-voice -voice conversation like this. You can digest everything that is on, my, uh, on the top of my head. You can digest uh, everything that is on Robbie's head. And you can do that at just an easy monthly subscription. And it allows us to scale on such a degree that we've opened up our, our, our boundaries. We, you know, two years ago, we probably had, I don't know, 500 people in our database. Uh, uh -huh. fast, fast forward, we're probably 5,000 now, and we have monetization uh -huh. on different people at different levels. And, and what we've done, because we started off very honed in, we said we're going to coach. And all we did was coach voice to voice and face to face. Yes. Uh, so we started with one direct path. As we've grown, now we're adding other legs to the stool and we're finding other opportunity. And so we have digital training packages, we have technology that we sell people that we've built. We have uh, books, we have documents, we have all these things, but it started with one narrow path. And to answer your question in a really roundabout way, all we're doing is we're adding more legs to our stool. And there is okay. so much monetization and opportunity that's there where we're gonna be the, the most prominent real estate company offered in the industry. That is super, super cool, Eric. Honestly, going online is probably the smartest thing you can do in general, but especially now because, you know, and, and I'm sure that what you've done is you, you ran quite a few one-on-one -on -one coaching gigs in the past and you kind of know the recurring questions that people throw your way. So once you have an understanding of what people are looking for, then you can repackage all that information and scale it from there. Listen, Eric, thank you so much for being on a show today. I know my listeners will want to know more about you and your company. So where can people find you guys? You know, uh, go to hatchcoaching.com uh, or Google my name, Eric with a K hatch, and you'll find a bunch of stuff out there. I have my own podcast. I've written a book, uh, a lot of things that you can digest super easy. And our YouTube channel as well has dozens and dozens of free videos with awesome coaching content. So again, hatch coaching is the name. Perfect. Eric, again, thank you so much. And I uh, can't wait to have you back on the show sometime in the future. This is great. Thanks so much for the chance. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at B. D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B and I will send you the direct link to the review section and to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again and I will talk to you again soon.